You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, hot enough for you? It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York, the Gordon Damer Show. Home to Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer. Oh my, what a weekend. Hope everybody had a day of it. Hope everybody had a time of it. Hope everyone enjoyed the weather. I am a hot guy. I like the hot weather. I can take it just about as hot as it can be around here. I'm not Arizona hot. I'm not Nevada hot. I'm not a sadist. I mean, I remember uh, I went to Vegas one time and uh, had to go outside the hotel at like 8.30 in the morning and thought to myself almost immediately, boy, this was a mistake. But around here, give it to me as hot as you can. I suck it up like a sponge so that when we have those weeks when it's snowing and the wind and the freezing rain, your wipers can't even clean the windshield properly, I think back to sitting in my backyard sweating parts of my body off, and it gets me through. That said, yesterday was toasty. Yesterday was a little, it was on, I can still take it, but it was on the uh, outer edges of uh, what I could take. I thought my kids were going to burst into flame with the amount of complaints coming out of them. My wife came out onto our patio at one point. I'm sitting out there, you know, taking in the sun. And she just looked at me and was like, what is wrong with you? And I responded with, well, you're going to be, you're going to need to be more specific. I mean, how much time do you got? I got a lot of things that could be. Of course, we uh, have an hour, 60 minutes. We run through it all. We take you up to uh, Golik and Wingo at 6 o'clock. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Instagram and uh, Twitter. Twitter, where we've maintained our 5,000 followers, which took an eon to get to. Keep waiting for that moment where it's really going to take hold. Where my, my Twitter following is really going to catch fire. Has not happened yet. But who knows? Plenty of other things are spreading like wildfire, so who knows? But let's begin with a question. And that question is, how was your weekend? Well, the weekend, if you were a Yankee fan, fire it up, Brian, was, was pretty, pretty, pretty good. That one's driven to left field and deep. Going back, Cespedes. He's on the track. He's at the wall. See ya. A home run for Judge. And the Yankees take a 1-0 lead. Yeah, that baby. can fill in. And that is your injury report brought to you by Montefiore doing more. Oh, Gary Sanchez did more. He just crushed a pitch into the second deck in left field as the Yankees take a 2-0 lead. Wow. Did he hit that. High drive, deep into center field. Nimmo back, still back, looking up. See ya. Into Monument Park, a long home run for Luke Voigt. It's 3-0 Yanks. That one's driven deep to left field. Going back, Smith, track, wall. See ya. A two-run home run for Judge. The Bronx Bombers are out tonight. It is 5-0 Yankees. And he does. Oh, he crushed it. See ya. Oh, into the bleachers. A monster shot by Giancarlo Stanton. And it's 6-0 Yankees. Yes, of course, when it's already 5-0 Yankees, Stanton decides that. No, uh, look, I I will uh, let this uh, out of the bag right away. I am a complete fraud. I know it. You probably know it. And you can call me out on it. During the baseball negotiations, the ugliness that was going back and forth, I was sick of it. I was disgusted by it. And to be honest, 
all it takes is a couple of fake baseball games, and it's enough to get me excited, especially if those fake games have the Yankees just kicking the Mets' heads in. That, that always helps. That definitely helps. It does not hurt. I'm on board. I never said that I wouldn't be, and I would guess, if you're like me, your excitement level for the impending baseball season is directly tied to what your team's chances are. So if you're a Yankee fan looking at Thursday as opening day, your excitement level is probably higher than a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Let's put it that way. And I'm on board because it does feel like the Yankees are going to have an unbelievable season, but it's always felt like that, right? If it was 162, if it was 60, if it was 80, it was 100, whatever amount of games you play, the Yankees are built as a team that they're going to be a really good team. It's just, I mean, barring some unforeseen catastrophe in terms of injuries or ailments or COVID or this thing or that thing, it's kind of hard to envision a scenario with the amount of talent the Yankees have that they wouldn't be pretty good. But I'm on board now because it does kind of feel like the season will at least begin. Will it finish? I have absolutely no idea. I don't think anyone knows that. And that is a fact. Nobody anywhere is batting a thousand on predictions. Nobody. Whatever does happen, I'm sure whatever does happen will look inevitable later, right? If the season gets played in its entirety and there's a World Series and there's a champion crown in uh, late October, early November, whatever the hell the season ends, people will make it out like, well, of course they play. Oh, of course. There's too much money to be. They'll come up with all these reasons why it seemed like it was inevitable. And if the season gets canceled, I'm sure people will make it out like it was inevitable. That the season, well, we always knew that they were never, the second wave of the virus, this thing, that it will always seem inevitable. I'm here to tell you, I have no idea if the season will be played in its entirety, if it will be cut short, whatever will happen. In 2020, there are no predictions. There are only guesses. Now, some of those guesses are more educated than others, but that still qualifies as a guest, as a guess. So watching baseball at empty stadiums like we did uh, the last couple of days with pumped-in crowd noise and cardboard cutouts and broadcasters calling game from places other than the stadium where the game is actually taking place and players wearing masks, whatever bizarro things that will pop up, and they will pop up, I will say this. It was nice to have even fake baseball for a couple of days. And you know what? More so than that, it was nice to have a little optimism for a change. Optimism has been in short supply over 2020. And it's another thing that isn't really all that popular. Because as soon as you share any optimism at all, you'll have one section of the population that will look to shoot you down and look at you like you got three heads. And they'll shoot you down because of all the info they've compiled while spending the day doom surfing on the internet. And then you'll have another group that will mock you for raising the most basic questions because there are still people that can't admit that there is even a problem. So I'm optimistic for Thursday. A little disappointed that the Nationals are going to be able to play those games at their home stadium in D.C. I had already chalked those up as Yankee wins already. But I'm guessing with the way that the Yankees uh, look like they're ready to go for the start of the season, Aaron Judge healthy, Giancarlo Stanton healthy, Gary Sanchez healthy, the team 
pretty much healthy with the acceptance of Raldus Chapman, who is, I guess, set to get tested again today. So maybe not too long before he is back and in the fold. I'm feeling a little optimistic after the weekend. Maybe it was the weather. Maybe it was the baseball. Maybe it's the fact that Thursday is not that far away. Considering where we were at times, looking at the baseball season, looking at the football season, looking at the NBA season, it feels like these things are moving into the wheelhouse that they are actually going to start. Will they finish? I don't know. But I'm at least excited for the possibility and for the optimism of having sports back on a regular basis. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So uh, coming up, we'll uh, talk more about the Yankees, more about the Mets, uh, more about the start of the baseball season. And while the Mets did not exactly have a very good showing against the uh, Yankees, it's fake baseball. It doesn't really matter. So uh, we'll get into what the expectations are for them for the season. Domingo Herman's weekend. We'll certainly get into a little bit of that. Uh, we'll get into the NFL questions. Is training camp is what? A, a week away. So got a lot of questions to work out. Long way to go and a short time to get there, as they said in Smokey and the Bandit. So all the unanswered questions for the weekend. Did Mark Zuckerberg avoid his sunburn? Mark Zuckerberg was surfing and nobody noticed because he had his face looking like a mime while he's surfing. You know how hard surfing is? And he does not seem athletic in any way. He doesn't really seem human in any way. But he was surfing and nobody even noticed because of that picture. Home runs left and right. Yankees beating up the Mets in both games over the weekend. Too bad Debbie's not here today. I'm sure she'd find some sort of positive in the Mets' performance. I don't know what that would be. But I guess my initial takeaway, and it is the Gordon Damer Show, it is 98.7 FM ESPN New York, is that uh, it's fake baseball, right? It doesn't matter. Outside of the fact that it makes opening day feel like it will actually happen. And we will figure out somewhere for the Blue Jays to play. Although, if we don't, uh, oh well. I mean, they have been trying to win for two years now. So all of a sudden now, when they can't play their games in Toronto, I'm supposed to treat this like it's some sort of big deal. You'll find some some stadium, some place will take you in somewhere in Buffalo. I'm sure the, the the Blue Jays mafia, the Bills mafia, will become the Blue Jays mafia. They'll slam somebody through a flaming table just uh, over any excitement. Although they're probably going to do that anyway. So look, there'll be obstacles, there'll be roadblocks to the season, and I'm sure things will pop up that we can't anticipate as of right now. But it does kind of feel like the baseball season will actually happen. So uh, I'm excited about that because for the Yankees. They're going to be good. And it's good to see Aaron Judge healthy. Two home runs yesterday. And look, they're, they're again, fake baseball. But the really the only obstacle for Aaron Judge to perform is just being out on the field. Anytime he has been out on the field, he has performed. So our poll question for today, it's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And it might be a little controversial. It might be. But I was thinking, you know, watching Aaron Judge do what he did uh, yesterday and finally get into a game and perform. Of the big three sports, I'm going to leave out hockey because I don't know. And I guess technically, Henrik Lundqvist is still an NHL player, right? So he would probably qualify, but I'm leaving that out. I'm not qualified to speak about it, so we'll just avoid that as a topic altogether. If you know about it, maybe you can shoot us a line. I don't care. But of the big three sports, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, in this town, 
is Aaron Judge the biggest star in New York? Now, I'm sure some people will bring up, obviously, that Jacob deGrom pitches for the Mets. Here's the thing, and there's no real way to to get around this. You can't be the biggest star in town if you're playing for the second team in town. And there's no way to put it other than the Mets are the second team in town. Now, that's not to say that they don't have stars on their team. I think it's hard for the second team in town to ever have the biggest star in town. There's a reason, right? I mean, if you were the biggest star in town, you wouldn't be on the second team in town. Then if you were the biggest star, your team would be the number one team in town. And I think it's pretty clear that there's a delineation. And now you can argue that, you know, Yankees is not that far away from the Mets or that the Giant, the Jets aren't that far, far away from the Giants. Well, I, I don't think you could. Any, nobody anywhere could make the argument that the Nets are the bigger team uh, than the Knicks or even close to where the Knicks are, and even though they have a major star. But I guess that if you were to go through the people in this town that are big stars sports-wise in the big three sports, you'd have to say Jacob deGrom is one. And, and look, to, to say he's the most accomplished player in town, well, that's, that's not, not even a question. But to say that he's the biggest star in town, I think, is a put, I think it's really hard to make that argument. Now, again, I'm coming from a Yankee fan point of view. I get it. So maybe I'm biased. But I, again, I just don't think you can be the biggest star in town and play on the second team in town. The other person that obviously comes to mind in terms of stardom is clearly Kevin Durant. But when you haven't played a single game for the team that you're playing, it doesn't really feel like Kevin Durant is part of the New York sports landscape right now, considering he hasn't played a game and is not going to play a game in the entire year. Now, maybe next year when he actually starts playing games, and who knows if the Nets are pretty good or a legit title contender, I think you have to accomplish something. It can't just be that you just have a big name and you come here. And I don't think it can just be accomplishment because, again, if it were just accomplishments, it would be Jacob deGrom. But I think the biggest star in town is Aaron Judge. Now, part of that is that he plays for the Yankees, and the Yankees are the number one baseball team here. The part of it, I think, is as well of just his his uh, his his physique, the fact that he's as big as he is and hits home runs as far as he does. That's part of it as well. But if you were to ask who's who's the most recognizable face in this town right now that people would know even the average person would notice right away i think it would probably be aaron judge if you if you said basketball it would probably be durant but again he has not accomplished anything here football who's the biggest football star in town i don't think it's either of the quarterbacks i mean maybe it's saquon it's probably saquon right yeah probably um, I'm trying to think, is there another football player that I'm just completely forgetting about? You know, Darnold has not raised the, the you know, he's, he's, he's recognizable. Not Le'Veon he's, Bell yet. No, I don't think it's Le'Veon Bell. I mean, again, Le'Veon hasn't done, I think you have to accomplish something here. Le'Veon's, all of his accomplishments came other places. So I don't think it can be him. I think it's probably the biggest football star in this town is probably Saquon. People lose their mind for Saquon. So yes. he is definitely a big star in this town. Uh, but I, I think if you were to say the first person that comes to mind, I think it has to be Aaron Judge. But you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And at least so far, people are, you know, I thought I was going to get hammered by it, but at least so far, and it is early, uh, we're winning the poll. The good guys are winning.
The bad guys are uh, looking uh, at the rear view. Uh, but in terms of Judge, the fact that he was he, he looked healthy, I know it's only one one game, and uh, I, I think that there will be a uh, portion of me that's always kind of holding my breath with him because the the amount of injuries that he suffered here over the last couple of years. I mean, that first year he hits what fifty two home runs, and I think since then he's hit either fifty three or fifty four. He's just been uh, banged up in all a variety of ways. Nothing. It, it just seems it's kind of fluky things that have happened. And I'm not saying that I'm holding my breath to the level of when uh, Porzingis was here, but it's on it's it's on the board, right? Like any time that he's not in the lineup, you are going to kind of question. Oh, I wonder. Hope everything's okay. Hope everything's okay. But um, certainly, you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. So the I guess my initial takeaway from the weekend was good to see Judge healthy. Jordan Montgomery kind of got gets forgotten because it's been so long. And then Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier on Friday has a home run. Uh, he does so while wearing his mask, which uh, is another issue which uh, I think that uh, certainly uh, bears uh, mentioning, the fact that he, he is uh, doing so while wearing the mask. But I think when you talk about Clint Frazier and this year, I know it's only 60 games, but you, you know we're quickly approaching the four-year anniversary of that guy getting traded here. And I really do think that it's time to figure out what he is. I mean, you see his bat speed, and there were portions of the season last year where everybody was hurt hurt early on, and he really did, I'm not going to say carry the team, but he was one of the guys that carried the team in that short little stretch. Now, I wonder if he'll ever get on base enough to be as good a player as it looks like he can be because his bat speed is... I mean, that's why he was the fifth pick in the draft. But he's going to be 26 in September. It's not like, you know, you think of Clint Frazier, well, he's a young player. He's going to have to wait for his opportunities. Dude's been waiting. Dude's been patient. And it's very tough to to find some regular at-bats for the guy because of just how stacked the Yankees are. You know, if Judge, Hicks, and Stanton are all healthy and could all play the field, you got to mix in Gardner. you got to get Tockman some at-bats. But there's no minor leagues. So this year, I think that uh, the Yankees kind of have to kind of figure out what Clint Frazier is and kind of hope that he is over the outfield issues that uh, certainly surfaced last year, which seemed like he all of a sudden developed the yips in the outfield. Hopefully that's something that is, is behind him now. I don't think that he's had any issues in the field so far this year. And it was a really puzzling thing when it happened last year because it, he was a guy that at least at times in the minors – had played center field, never mind a corner outfield position. So I do think it's going to be tough to get him regular at bats. I don't think, uh, barring injury, he's going to get bats at bats every single day. But I do think that he has to be up here for the entire season. And he's a guy that if there are injuries, and look, each each of the guys that are the regular outfielders, if Stanton is going to play left field on any, I don't know if he's going to play on a regular basis because you'd like to leave the DH spot open for, for Sanchez for a day or for other guys to kind of get like a half a day when you have all these games in a short period of time. But all three of those guys have some pretty significant injury questions. So I know Gardner's going to play, I would think, fairly regularly. Uh, I think Talkman has to get some at-bats there as well. But Clint Frazier, I think it's about time you find out what you have in this guy. And in terms of the mask thing, look, it's it's one of those things that people – you know, gravitate to because of the the world that we're living in right now. But 
in terms of his profile and the fact that he is doing it on the field, if that convinces anybody to wear a mask that is is not already in board, and I don't know that it will. Uh, I would think that most you know most baseball fans are older people, but if it convinces any young people that you know what, and you go out in public, if this guy can wear a mask while he's playing baseball and doing the hardest thing, single thing to do in sports, which is to hit a baseball, hit a round ball with a round bat. Well, then when I'm going to uh, CVS, I can certainly throw on a mask because it uh, is not going to uh, impact me all that much. All right, so I spent a lot of time talking about the Yankees. You can vote on the poll question. It's on Twitter. Uh, the Mets. The Mets should have, I, I mentioned this last week, the Mets should have big expectations for this season. Now, I, I get that it's a, it's a weird season. It's 60 games, and it's, it's tough to kind of predict. And the NL East is one of those things with a short sample size, which the entire season is going to be a short sample size. It's kind of tough to say one team should be the favorite over another team. It could go any of the four teams. It really could go any way. But we're all kind of in agreement that the most important factor for any team is health. And there's no way to other way to say it. The Mets have been the healthiest team heading into the year, barring some unforeseen catastrophe, which with the Mets, you never know. <laughs> Friday is still a few days away. It's only Monday right now. But if we all agree that the most important factor in a 60-game season is health, look at the other teams in the division. The Braves, Freddie Freeman, I don't know if anybody else uh, heard his comments about uh, dealing with COVID, but he was saying that it got really scary. And here's a guy that's you know, a top athlete, and he had to deal with some scary moments where he was praying for his life. He had 104. Now, he didn't need to be hospitalized. It was a little touch and go. I think it was one day. But was dealing with 104 fever and was really, really concerned. And this is a guy who's in great shape. And now he's, I think he's back now for the, the Braves. I don't know if he's played in an in a, in a exhibition game yet, but you would figure that he is now back with the team, is over the COVID, so it will be, you know, ramping him up. But take a look at the Braves. Braves, they lost Freddie Freeman for a good section of their uh, summer camp. They've already found out that Nick Markakis is skipping the season. It looks like Cole Hamels, they won't get anything out of him at all. Braves tried to sign Yasiel Puig. He tested positive, so they backed out of that. So that's one of the real contenders in the division. The Nationals had plenty of change from last year, losing Rendon. Zimmerman sitting out the year. Joe Ross is sitting out the year. Soto didn't arrive to camp till uh, this past week. The Phillies have dealt with COVID case after COVID case. So the Mets, they have not really had any health concerns, right? Jacob deGrom. Through his his simulated game yesterday, he's ready for opening day. The Mets are healthy to start the year and have some guys that you didn't think would be healthy to start. The, I mean, the fact that Ioannis Cespedes looked as, as good as he has playing the field, that's a major factor. Having the DH for him to be able to get his bat in the lineup, assuming that you want to use the DH for him, I would think primarily, but there are other guys you could certainly the, – the, the, the DH, the National League – Helps the Mets probably as much, if not more, than anybody else. And Cespedes is in a contract year. The Mets should be the favorites, at least on paper, to start the year. Again, who knows how this thing goes. Maybe the Mets will be impacted the way other teams already have and the fact that it'll come during the season. 
that'll be a, a bigger factor than teams that have already dealt with it, like the, the Nationals or the Braves. But the Mets should be the favorites, at least starting the season on paper. Now, the one thing that came up over the weekend from the games against the Yankees and can't continue, they can, the Mets cannot honestly think, and this has Brody's fingerprints all over it, that Robinson Cano batting third. I get it. It's you know spring games, summer games, exhibition games, whatever you want to call them. And you want to get him at bats. You want to get him up to speed and get him as much opportunity to, to hit the ground running after the season that he had a year ago. Okay, fine. But once the season starts, that can't still be a thing. I mean, Robinson Cano is 37 years old. You have to at least leave open the possibility that the guy you thought you were getting is not ever going to be the guy you got. He's coming off a brutal season. There's no way to start the year given the Mets lineup, which is a good lineup. It's a good lineup. They got. It's not like they're relying on Robinson Cano, and that's the only guy that they should have batting. Th- I mean, at this point, you can't have that guy batting third. Now, if he if it, if the season starts and he looks like the old Robinson Cano, well, great, fantastic. What a what a plus that is for them. But at this point, considering how bad his year was a year ago, and the other options that. The other options you have, and the fact that the season is condensed to the level that it is. It can't just be assumed at this point that Robinson Cano, well, you know what, last year was just a fluke. That, I mean, you take a look at the last, it's clear the guy is is trending down. That's what you would expect from a 37-year-old. Now, there have been other 37-year-olds who have been able to maintain because they're able to do some things that you would like to think that maybe Robinson Cano is no longer doing, but he can't be the guy. I mean, come on, batting third. And then the other thing from at least yesterday, I don't know if this was the case on on Friday or on Saturday too, uh, was that uh, Brandon Nimmo is batting eighth. That makes no sense whatsoever. That's even more appalling than Cano batting third. Brandon Nimmo is entering his fifth Major League Baseball season, all of which have come for the Mets. And the guy has a career on base of 390, and you have him batting eighth. Look, I guess it's just it's, it's a summer camp, it's exhibition games. That can't pass. That guy has to be. Leading off for you, if I know he, he only hits 250. 250. Batting average is not a thing anymore. It's about how often you get on base. And Brandon Nimmo, despite maybe his liabilities in center field or despite the fact that he strikes out a little bit too much for a guy who doesn't have great power, he gets on base. That's the, that should be the point of a leadoff man. Not that he hits for a high average. Not that he's got great speed. The fact that he gets on base and Brandon, and it's amazing to me. You would think that like the Mets didn't realize, oh, wow, this guy gets on base. He's been here the whole time. He's been here for five. This is his fifth season. And he, he it's proven that he is able to get on base. So I, I don't understand uh, exactly what the Mets are doing with that. But you'd like to think that when the season gets underway, that Brandon Nimmo should be hitting at the top of the order and Robinson Cano cannot go into the year. I mean, you can't continue to give away at bats. 
based on the fact that uh, of of some relationship or, or the, that uh, Robinson Cano has with the GM. I mean, I think that the Mets should be the favorites in the National League East, but decisions like that, that will th- those little things add up. And the Mets have a good enough lineup that they have plenty of options to be able to find someone else to bat third that Robinson Cano should not just be the guy that gets handed that because of something that he's done earlier in his career. This is not uh, 2016. It's not 2017. Robinson Cano is now 37, I think. If he's not 37 yet, he will be soon. And coming off the year, and that's another thing, right? The, the age that he is, yeah, he is 37. He's actually going to be 38 in October. So uh, he's actually an old 37. But you would think that like, he w- if he was coming off a down year last year for still Seattle, all right, fine, you know, he didn't do it for us. We're going to get wait. He did the whole thing last year on you. And that was one of the things that derailed you last year. So very, very odd. one 800 919 espn one 800 Before we get to the phone, there was the one other thing that I want to touch on. Domingo Harmon, the Yankee pitcher, posted uh, over the weekend what seemed like a retirement notice on his Instagram page. And then he kind of walked it back and said that that's not the case. And uh, it would be easy for you to forget about Domingo Harmon. He's, he, he didn't pitch at the end of last year. He got that 81-game suspension for a domestic violence case. He's not going to pitch at all this year. And that case was really weird that you never got any details on it. But you would like to think that for Domingo Herman, who is not a young guy, I think he's like 27, 28, that he's had all this time away from the game, that you would think, given something this severe, that you would be spending that time working on things you need to work on. And again, I don't know the details of the case. They never became public. But the fact that it's domestic violence and the agree to the, the uh, suspension tells you that it must have been fairly significant and fairly serious, right? Given just what the, the, the case is, domestic violence. But you would think that you would be taking that time to really investigate things that you need to work on. And I question whether or not you'll ever see Domingo Herman uh, in a baseball uniform, a Yankee uniform, ever, you know, posting cryptic messages to your Instagram page does not exactly scream maturity, does not exactly scream, hey, I'm really working on the things that I need to work on. And I know that this probably will not uh, come across uh, the way it's meant, but you know, I did notice that the fact that he's not playing at all this season, he's not getting paid at all this year. Uh, look, again, it's very, very serious, and it, it's one of those things that you can never take it too seriously. But that does seem to be a, a, a little bit much. The fact that the guy's not getting paid a single dollar from Major League Baseball because of the suspension, that seems a bit rough. Um, but uh, hopefully Domingo Herman gets his head screwed on straight, but uh, from over the weekend doesn't seem like that uh, is going to be the case, even though you know you can walk back all the things you want. The, the posting of cryptic messages on Instagram when you're 28 years old does not exactly scream maturity. That one's driven deep to left field. Going back, Smith, track, wall, see ya! A two-run home run for Judge. The Bronx Bombers are out tonight. It is 5-0 Yankees. Oh, so many options for the uh, moment of inspiration. 
for this Monday morning. You had that Aaron Judge home run. You had the other Aaron Judge home run. That one's driven to left field and deep. Going back Sessman as he's on the track. He's at the wall. See ya. A home run for Judge. And the Yankees take a 1-0 lead. Oh, you had uh, Giancarlo Stanton when the game was already decided going deep. And he does. Oh, he crushed it. See ya. Oh, into the bleachers. A monster shot by Giancarlo Stanton. And it's 6-0 Yankees. Even Luke Voigt. You had Luke Voigt going deep. High drive, deep into center field. Nimmo back, still back, looking up. See ya. Into Monument Park, a long home run for Luke Voigt. It's 3-0 Yanks. Oh, so many options. Now, not that many options on the other side because the Mets didn't score any runs. But look, it's fake baseball. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It'll start mattering for the Mets on Friday, for the Yankees on Thursday. And uh, I think the big takeaway Two, actually two of them. At one, I think obviously the fact that you're watching games, it, it, it seems like it's more likely that we're going to have baseball here and we're going to be able to start the season. And hopefully it leads to the fact that we will be able to conclude the season, but nobody can really predict that right now. As I said earlier, in 2020, there are no predictions. There are only guesses. Now, there are more educated guesses than others, but at the end of the day, they're all guesses. We don't really know. But our poll question, which is up for today, and I'm very uh, impressed, very impressed with the audience. I don't generally give the audience compliments, which is probably a bad way to go. You probably should always be, you know, spreading the love with the audience. That's not generally the way I do things. Maybe that's what's uh, holding me back with only the 5,000 followers on Twitter. But the poll question today of the big three sports, is Aaron Judge the biggest star in New York? And already people, as I mentioned, are bringing up Jacob DeGrom has won two Cy Youngs. No one is saying that Aaron Judge is more accomplished than Jacob DeGrom. We're talking about a star. Who's the biggest recognizable star in New York? Now, look, performance has to tie into that. It can't just be somebody who has a recognizable face. I mean, imagine how recognizable a face that would have to be. He'd either have to be really, really handsome or really, really ugly. But... This is about star, star power. Somebody is, is in your vicinity. People recognize, even not the biggest sports fans, maybe not the biggest baseball fan. And I think based on production, based on the team that he plays for, which is also a fact, I don't think you can be the biggest star in the town when you play for the second team in town. I think that's very, very difficult. That would be like saying that uh, Kawhi Leonard is the biggest star in town when he's playing with the Clippers. I don't think – maybe the Clippers are closer to the Lakers than I think, but I don't think that that can be the case. And the fact that LeBron is playing with the Lakers, it kind of hurts the argument too. So is Aaron Judge the biggest uh, star in town of the big three sports? And so far, 57.4% of you, that 4% guy, good job – uh, 57.4% of you are getting it right so far. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All right, so the other uh, thing that popped up over the weekend, bunch of NFL players on a Sunday took to Twitter to urge the league to listen to the guidelines on the safety protocols, right? Training camp set to open up next week. And many of the used the hashtag, what was it? We want to play. NFL President J.C. Treader tweeted, what you are seeing today is our guys standing up for each other 
and for the work their union leadership has done to keep everyone as safe as possible. And it kind of feels like a, a, a replay of the whole story with the, the baseball, right? Remember when they were saying, "Let's pl- tell us where and when to play, <laughs> and then baseball told them where and when to play. Well, wait a second. What about the safety? Well, what happened to where and when? So let's hear from some of the uh, particulars involving this story. Here is uh, Dan Orlovsky on SportsCenter saying players want answers, but the league is not cooperating. Here's Dan. First off, tremendous leadership by those superstars because they know the weight of the words or their words as impact. And they're speaking up for the 53rd person on the roster that, you know, a lot of organizations or owners may, that person may say the same thing as a J.J. Watt, but it's not going to carry the same type of impact. So great leadership. I'd say this, the, the players want the NFL to be proactive rather than reactive. You know, like they want to know what is going to happen if this is the case or that's the case. A lot of players are so routine-based. Well, their routines are going to be tragically or, or very different than they have been in the past. So they need to know that information and what's it going to look like for them. And I think the biggest thing is everybody knows this is going to be the most taxing season for the players in their careers, but it's also going to tax their families more than they have ever been as well. And so the we don't know answer from the NFL will not be good enough. And that's what we're seeing right now is the players standing up and saying, we need concrete answers before we move forward. All right. Here's Jeremy Fowler from SportsCenter saying that the uh, two sides are just uh, paralyzed right now because of the uncertainty of the situation. What's going on now is they're basically having side-letter talks, and and they need to come to what's called a side-letter agreement because the collective bargaining agreement does not spell out what happens in case of a pandemic. And so it's the management councils of the players and the league negotiating. And once the league brings a counterproposal that the players actually like that hasn't happened yet, then they can put it into action. It can all come together very quickly. And so, you know, a source told me this weekend that the uncertainty of COVID-19 and how everything seems to change by the day sort of has both sides, particularly the league, a bit paralyzed. And and the players know they have some leverage here because they feel like they're putting everything at risk. So they're going to be more and more outspoken. You saw it in baseball a few weeks back where the players brought an all-out blitz on social media. So this is from that playbook. All right, so there's Jeremy Fowler. I guess my take on this is uh, wake me when it's over, right? Like, I, I, it's almost like a replay of a movie you've already seen, and they're hitting all the same, you know, it's a different movie, but it's hitting all the same things that you've seen a thousand times before. So I want football. You want football. We all want football. I think that there will be football at some point. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence that uh, things are maybe going to uh, be able to play out as – as scheduled right now, there might have to be some tweaks and some changes just based on what the sport is and, and uh, the, the, the virus and the impact that it could have on teams and this and that. The, the end of the day, though, the, the thing that the NFL has going for it that baseball didn't was that the NFL will just present something to the players and the players, as we've seen time and time again, they'll, they'll probably cave. Uh, it's just the way it is. They have done that a thousand times before, and I think it will end up happening again. So that's the one thing that the owners kind of always have over the players that in the in other sports that they don't have in baseball. Baseball players don't cave, and that's why their union is as strong as it is. Now, that is part of the problem with baseball is that they're, they're always at each other's throats, and maybe you know the sport might be a little better if uh, they weren't always like that. But that's just the way it is. So uh, I think that there will be eventually some some football and 
But it is crazy that they've had this long runway, right? Well, we got plenty of time. They were able to hold the draft and take, and that all took place. And people were, even they were back then, there were people that were critical that the, the season or that the draft shouldn't take place the way it, that it was going to. And they got, and they pulled that off. And I think that that filled them with even more confidence they already have. But now we're a week away from training camp and you've had all this time to look at things and listen to this one and listen to that one. And, and they still have not really come up with what a what the the stone cold locks are for protocols and 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 safety safety steps and all these different things. So, uh, I I got to be honest with you though, it's not something that I'm going to be following on a day in day out basis because I think that at the end of the day, while the two sides might be far apart on this or that, at the end of the day, I think that the football players will probably end up caving on most of these things and want to play because that's what always turns out to be the case be it a CBA negotiation or COVID safety protocols. All right, let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to uh, Greg is in East Meadow. Greg, what's going on, my man? Good morning, reigning Michael Cave show trivia champion. Don't make it seem like it's that it's that wordy. It's just Michael K show trivia champion. That's it. It's just a little five little words. I don't trip. It's 5.30 in the morning. I don't want to trip over my tongue. All right. Go Listen, ahead, put, it, put it this way. You're in, a, you're in a New York City hotspot restaurant, whatever. It's packed room. Who other than Aaron Judge is going to move the buzz meter that way? No one. First of all, I don't think so. A colossal human being. He's 6'7", 282. I don't think people understand how massively big that is. And secondly, slugger in baseball is still one of the most uh, – I don't know. It's still in the upper echelon of sport positions, if you would. You know, right. home run hitter, slugger, that's still right up there with, you know, NFL quarterback. Right. Yeah, that's the one, that, that's the one that automatically takes precedent, right? Like if one of the quarterbacks in town were established as a real, you know, not even the best quarterback in the league or an MVP, but one of the top five guys right now, then I think that it would almost be tough for Judge to overcome that because of how how we're all focused on football. But you're right, you well, know. I, I mean, like that position of uh, home run hitting slugger who not just hits home runs but hits them a mile. Uh, right, I think exactly. that that plays a factor. Yeah, I mean, and plus he he really just happens to be also physically he's very recognizable on top yes. of that. Yep, absolutely. All right, All right, Greg, look, we're in agreement. Look, uh, me and Greg, we're in agreement on a lot of things and uh, appreciate that. And, uh, you know, people might disagree. I know uh, somebody brought up Kevin Durant. I already touched on that. You, you can't be the biggest star in town when you haven't done anything in the town. I mean, come on. And then somebody uh, criticizing me on Twitter for saying about uh, Saquon because the Giants are terrible. Well, the other team in town is also terrible. The Jets have also been largely terrible. I don't even know. I, I, it would have to be Darnold because everybody on the Jets is all focused on Darnold, the quarterback, the quarterback. But I don't think that, that he really measured. I mean, you have to have some level of performance. There's been flashes here and there. But, again, it's, he's not established as a star player yet in the league. So how can you be the biggest star in town if you're not even a star player in your league? I get that Aaron Judge is not the most accomplished guy in baseball. That would clearly be Jacob deGrom. But it's not like he hasn't accomplished anything. Got robbed out of an MVP, won a rookie of the year. I mean, it is what it is, people. Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my man? 
Good morning, my friend. I've changed my schedule so I can call you and speak to you until the Saturday show comes But back. you have to use the proper title, Spike. Uh, who am I now? You are the Michael K. Show Trivia Champion. Thanks. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Did that come out smooth enough? It came out perfectly smooth. Would you like me to say it ten times in a row fast? No, because we're, we're done at 6 o'clock. And it's I figured that. Well, I'll call you at home. Um, listen, it was nice to see baseball. It was nice to see the Yankees kick the Mets. I just, it's and it was hot as hell yesterday. I told Brian those things, and he said, you said the exact same thing because I missed your open. I had to take a dog out. But, uh it was just nice. Let's see how far it goes. I don't know how far it goes. Nobody knows. So, I mean, I guess you're saying those things. And uh, we'll enjoy it while we have it. That's all you can do. Absolutely. And, hey, uh, look, I think that we'll get it on Thursday. After that, who knows, right, yeah, Spike? But, I mean, that's the end of the, you know, I mean, that's the end of the story. I mean, remember the love we get it after that. But, remember uh, the love and spoonful song, Hot Town Summer in the City? Yeah. I, I, I remember the song. I would not have immediately associated with the Loving Spoon. Maybe it wasn't the Loving Spoon. I don't know who did it, but I remember that song that man yesterday was hot. We, yeah, it has been. Uh, look, it's July, right? There's always these stories, and Spike, thanks for the call. There's always these stories that any time in July, well, this week, uh, it's really going to be. Yeah, it's, it's July. It's suppo- if it were not hot. In July, then that would be the story. The fact that it's going to be hot in July, not really the story. I always love when they tell you, oh, it's going to be super hot this week. Make sure you check on uh, your elderly friends and relatives. As if when it cools off, you can just ignore them again. I I don't understand what that means. So our poll question, which is up for today and doing quite well, I uh, I must mention. Of the big three sports, is Aaron Judge the biggest star in town? And people keep going to the same. It's not. It, look, accomplishment has to be part of it. I'm not saying it, it's not a part of it at all. But it can't just be the most. Then it would be who's the most accomplished star in town? That would be, I think, clearly it would be Jacob deGrom, two National League Cy Young. Yes, but that does not necessarily make you a star make you recognizable to the average fan. And you can say whatever you want about the injuries. Clearly that has been a factor uh, over the last two years. But when Aaron Judge is able to perform, he does. So, um, and, and just everything. The, the fact that he's a home run hitting slugger on the New York Yankees, that's a factor too. I don't think you can be on the second team in town, which clearly, the look, I understand Met fans, you have to understand, You are. I know you think you're the number one team because it's your team, but that's the second team in town. That would be like somebody on the Islanders being the biggest hockey star. It's ridiculous. All right, let's squeeze in a couple more calls. 1-800-919-ESPN. Al is in Holbrook. Al. How you doing, Gordon? First of all, real quick, let me tell you, Gordon, you're my guy. You're one of the best that, that, that's doing it. Um, I, and I agree with you one of 98% the of the time. I agree, uh-huh. agree with you 98% of the time. Only two mm-hmm. times I disagree with you. One was I called in a long time ago and told you that uh, LeMahieu was going to be a beast for the Yankees. And you said LeMahieu was a ground ball hitter, and you didn't think he was going to be that good. And we see how that turned out. And nope, today, he absolutely was fantastic. And today you made a statement saying that you ha- actually have to do something for a team to actually be a star. And I, and, and I believe – and I believe – I, I, I disagree with that only because I feel like if Michael Jordan gets traded to the Knicks in his prime, before he plays a game for the Knicks, done nothing for the Knicks, he will automatically be regarded as the biggest star in New York without even playing one game. So I don't. I, uh, I, uh, look, I, Al, we're, we're running out of time. Uh, look, Kevin Durant is not Michael Jordan. 
I think that one and, – and again, he's playing on a team that is so far behind the, the number one team in town, I think it's tough to overcome that. Now, next year when Kevin Durant is playing and hopefully we're all back to normal and the NBA season's taking place as it usually does, well, then we can have that conversation again. And again, in terms of accomplishments, Kevin Durant is certainly up there. But right now, before he's even played, that would be like saying that Garrett Cole is the biggest Yankee. I mean, come on. Let's, let's calm down. That's going to do it for today. We're already out of time. Please vote on the poll question. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.